Welcome to the Live Leadership Podcast with myself, Leela Singh. All things coaching, career, and personal branding. This podcast is for ambitious career professionals like you, wanting to create a life of choice and freedom, to be, do, and have more through overcoming limitations, to develop new perspectives and insights, and to redefine your success, be that in work, health, relationships, and so much more. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Aqua Opal. Aqua works as a senior analyst within the corporate technology team at the London Stock Exchange Group. As part of her work, she mentors new starters in the team, including interns and grads, and provides technology guidance to colleagues across the, the group. She's also responsible for overseeing and maintaining the company hardware and software systems. Outside of her main role, Aqua is a keen diversity and inclusion advocate, a mental health champion within the London Stock Exchange Group Wellbeing Committee, and a community lead for LSEG's Women Inspired Network. She is passionate about raising the profile of women in STEM and is a Kajigo mentor. Aqua is a neurodiversity advocate, a fundraiser, a Team London ambassador, a COVID vaccination advocate, plus a charity volunteer, and a keen sports volunteer for Netball England and British Athletics. She was a finalist for the Outstanding Women in STEM Precious Awards 2020 and has featured in Investment Week, Forbes and been a panelist for One Tech World Conference in 2021, discussing harnessing neurodiversity in tech. She's also featured in the Tech London Advocates Black Women in Tech, The Voices in the Shadows book and has received the highly commended Role Model of the Year at the Women in Tech Excellence Awards, the Women in Tech Network Mentor of the Year, nominated for the Globe and Rising Star and Tech Women 100 2021 winner through We Are The City. In today's episode, Aqua shares with us her journey to becoming a STEM ambassador and advocate for neurodiversity in the workplace, the meaning behind her career versus just having a job, about the importance of giving back and creating opportunities for others, why focusing on developing skills and experience rather than just the salary are essential for her career progression, and her passion for mentoring others and being fulfilled in her life and her career. So let's head over and hear what Aqua has to say. Hi there, Aqua, and welcome to My Brand HQ. How are you doing today? Hi, Leila. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, the sun is kind of shining, but like, no, I'm at work, I'm having a good day and yeah, raring to go. And it's lovely to be on the session today. Likewise, thank you for taking some time out because I know how busy you are um, with work and, and everything else you'll be sharing with us today. So let's go straight into this. Um, and as a STEM ambassador that you are, what led you into a career in technology? Um, well, it's a bit of a funny story in terms of how I got into technology. So. Um, when I was growing up as a kid, I actually wanted to be a paediatrician, not actually get into technology. So um, think about like Grey's Anatomy and you've got this character who used to be in the show, Arizona Robbins. So she was a, like a ped surgeon. And um, so literally she'll look after sick kids, perform operations, etc. But um, yeah, like as I was growing up and um, that was kind of my key thing to make children better, things like that. But then, um, yeah, I got to a stage where because I'm quite an empathetic person I was like I don't know if I could ever give a parent a bad news and I was just kind of like from then I don't think I could do this because I thought I wouldn't mentally be strong for it because the fact is like 
I even sometimes cry over cute puppy picture and things like that. And I just thought, you know what, this is not going to be me. I, I don't think I'll, yeah, I'll be mentally strong enough to do it. So I was kind of like, okay, I need to um, look into another career. And then um, when I kind of um, was due to finish university, so after my four-year placement year, um, I really wanted to go into the army. So the reason, and some people would say like, why did you want to go into the army? But it was a case of um, in the army, I could do something like intelligence. I get to travel and also I can help out with emergency response. The blocker was my family. Oh my gosh, the day that I told them that I wanted to enlist in the army and everything, they was kind of like, what are you doing? You can't do it. And because I'm from... Um, an African background, they was just kind of like, no, we can't have any child of ours during the army, et cetera. And they didn't get the reason why I wanted to do it. And I was explaining. And then I kind of like gave up trying. So it went for about like a year or so after when I graduated. And I just was like, this is not going to happen. So um, when I finished uni, because of also the time, it was like a financial recession as well. It was so difficult to try and get a job like I remember going for countless interviews and then I was unsure should I do training more training or like what is my avenue and then I was like you know what I will get a job for the moment so my first role was at Carfin Warehouse as a sales advisor and I was just like I will literally work here part-time I'll keep applying for roles um do a bit of studying and then like we'll see what happens from there and then like yeah one thing led to another after working at Carfin Warehouse about I think it was two three years in then I got my first kind of entry role um in with the Dubai Royal family so yeah it kind of um yeah my career took different kind of shapes and forms and not all of it was kind of my own choice but um here I am now I guess <laughs> well in a very roundabout way but good good experience along the way there and and and, and interesting like the army pediatrician so it's very diverse it wasn't like that you didn't know what you wanted to do you had kind of goals that you set yourself but then you just shifted based on what was happening at the time for you so yeah, so with, with you, I mean you had the computer science degree which I guess has helped you to sort of move forward in the the sphere of technology so tell me about some highlights from your early career share some of those with us um, yeah, no. So, you know, in my career, I've been very fortunate and lucky because um, I've had so much different exposure and I've got to be thankful to the managers I've had at the time, mentors and just generally people that I've worked with or met. So um, if I go back to um, during my industrial placement year, so I did a placement year with um, Rolls-Royce Motorcars and BMW. So I moved to um, Chichester. That's where the plant is based for about, I think it originally it was meant to be 12 months, but I enjoyed it so much. I stayed on to about 14, 15 months in because there was just so much um, things you could do then. It was so fun. And um, in terms of that role, so it's mainly in infrastructure, but it was amazing because every day you kind of walk into this beautiful plant you go across the mezzanine level and you actually see like all the cars at different stages of production um and during my time there oh, there were there were so many highlights it was just also meeting so many international students in different departments whether it's sales 
marketing, HR, et cetera. And then um, also getting to go to the Mini Cooper plant. And I was a massive Mini Cooper fan at the time. But um, yeah, some of the things there at the time, there was um, one day they had the Ferrari car come over. So there was about, I don't know, seven, eight Ferraris lined up all kind of different shades of red. And it, it was just amazing. And then there was one time when they had to do um, some cars for, um, I think it was like the prime minister or something in China and um, he was so specific. So they all had to be like a jade green color. And I remember like them getting it all like set up for him. And then inside the interior was like this nice kind of like cream kind of color and everyone was so specific. And um, it was stunning when they lined all of them um, alongside each other. And um, yeah, that was like a good experience to see how those are made. Cause even they get some of their shells in from Germany and things like that so how the cars are kind of created it takes so much craft and like honestly the guys that work there especially in logistics they work so hard it's unreal after my placement year my first role actually in IT was actually with the Dubai Royal family and um, they have properties all over the UK so we provided support and um, working with them was just something so different because it's kind of like the way everything was structured and they they treat stuff really well and they always say thank you and just people got to meet over time was amazing and some of their properties oh my god it's something from a film I would say so yeah I enjoyed that incredible it's incredible experiences that you've had and very very unique and I think yeah. also for me it, it's like early exposure to some amazing things I mean just in, in in the plant itself you know Rolls Royce BMW so so in all of those things and then working with the Dubai, Dubai Royal family you know seeing Lewis Hamilton when he was starting out and looking at where he is yeah. today when you kind of reflect on all of that what are your key sort of like biggest takeaways from all of that yeah um I would say um that just being humble and um, I've been very fortunate enough to get those kind of experiences and exposures. And that's why kind of uh, as I've grown up over time, I've never kind of like, I've always believed in being hardworking, being grateful and kind of generous how you give back. Because the thing is like, it's great when you get those experiences, but it's nice to like actually share those experiences with others as well. Like with the graduates during our placement, we had so much fun, we got on really well and I'm still friends with some of them to this day. Um, not even that, it's um, a case of also giving back because I believe in life, everyone deserves an opportunity. I, just because I couldn't become a pediatrician because of whatever reasons, and then I couldn't join the army, it's kind of like my life still has gone full circle. I still kind of gone into, technology in some way shape or form and I still managed to like give back in terms of volunteering and charity work so I might have not done it one way but I've been fortunate enough to be exposed to it another way so I just think like yeah definitely give back and give everyone an opportunity because we've all got to start somewhere and that's what people forget like everyone somewhere in their life has been given an opportunity, whether they've been given a promotion or given a break, because it's kind of like life is hard and you're always gonna face challenges, but it's nice when someone sees what you're doing and gives you a break and goes, oh, here you go. And like um, one thing I'll mention is um, in terms of chances, things like that, 
there's so many amazing sponsored advocate in the tech industry that are doing that from like Vanessa Rowlett, we are the city with um, Tech Women 100, we are rising stars, Rav Bambra, Kajigo, um, one of the first mentoring schemes I joined with um, like-minded females headed by Sonia Barlow, even Bev Shaw, who heads up City Hive. Like at one stage um, in my career in the last couple of years, they've all kind of seen something in me and kind of given me a chance. And um, it's kind of very rare that you get that because the fact is I didn't know a lot of them many years ago. And um, like fast forward to my life now, even though I still think every day is a journey where I'm learning and growing, I still think it's nice when someone recognizes something you do and but they show that level of appreciation. So, and also that's why, because they've passed it on to me, I'm going to take it forward and pass it on to others. Yeah, that, that's so beautiful to hear. And, you know, you talk about giving back and, um, you know, also remembering where you started and, and where you are now. And I think that that's relevant for every single person. And it's very easy sometimes to forget, you know, as you're moving up the, let's say the career ladder, forget where you started or how hard it was early on. And yeah. it, it, it is important to be able to turn around and hold a hand out to people coming up behind you um, and support them, whether it's through mentoring, whether it's giving them opportunities, um, giving them guidance. I think that that is really important. So it's great to hear that you are doing that um, in, in a very, very big way and giving pe other people opportunities. And, and I'd be interested to learn, and, and this is for the listeners as well to, to understand, because I know there are people out there who, who struggle to build connection and expand their network. So with, with these people that you just mentioned, so Vanessa Valeli and Rav Bumbra and, and Sonia, how did you come into contact with them? Was it them reaching out to you, you to them? And how did that happen? Yeah, no, so um, it was in various ways. So um, I would say all of them in some way, shape or form are massive connectors and they like people to shine and do well. And, um, and initially Bev, um, Shah from City Hive, um, I kind of met her either through, a, she knew some of, um, mutual connections to me, like through LinkedIn. And I just remember like, um, yeah, she also knew someone I used to work with yeah, in one of my jobs so at Rathbones, um, a lady called Mona Shah. She's like knows Bev quite well um, in work capacity and outside of work. And like somehow we got connected via that link. And then in terms of um, Vanessa Valley, um, I kind of met her through a lady called Nancy Doyle. So she runs Genus Within. And um, this is one thing that I might mention a bit more in detail later, but this year I was diagnosed with having um, dyslexia and ADD. And so basically um, it's something that has, I wouldn't say it's been troubling me, but it was something in the back of my mind. Cause I thought as growing up as a kid and studying, there was times when it's like, I still would get good grades, but I struggle a bit in terms of learning or staying focused when I was learning for long periods of time. So I'll do things like mind maps and I do sticky notes everywhere. So mine was like a color coordination wall at home when I was studying and revising. And I remember, um, I reached out to Nancy and her firm Genius Within. Oh my God, they're amazing. Like they were just like, they took me through all the steps. They kind of laid down my fear because the thing is when you get diagnosed with dyslexia and ADD later in life, it's a lot harder because you've missed like having the support growing up as a child, like the extra sessions and tests, like having breaks if it's a long exam, like there's some technical exams that are like six hours long and there's no way if you've got ADD 
ADHD or ADHD, let's say, that it's going to be easy to focus for that period of time. So you've got to have these accommodations. And from when um, the turnaround to do my assessment and then them making that diagnosis, the next steps, they've been helping like to provide me some level of coaching and getting in touch with the, like, the relevant people. And then I remember back in May this year, like, Vanessa was, because um, she does this massive kind of gender network things, we are the city rising star Wars, tech women, um, and various kind of things about gender equality. Um, yeah, Vanessa got in contact with me after um, Nancy Doe put me forward to join um, their panel event. So it was sort of we are um, tech, sorry, one woman tech kind of um, event, and it's going to be a global event, and we're going to talk about how uh, technology could be used um, for people that are neurodiverse. So, um, yeah, that's how I kind of, like, met Vanessa, and I kept in contact with her, because there are certain things that kind of resonates between us, and we get them, like, really well, because, like, honestly, um, I just look at Vanessa's career and I'm just in awe because she's amazing and like she's um about two three years ago got an OB but I'm not surprised the amount of effort she puts into like from the we are the rising stars to we a women tech it started off something small and like now there's kind of more than a thousand women being recognized and they're from different careers and that's what like for me I'm such in like in awe of all of that because that's what it means in terms of giving someone an opportunity and not only do they give you like an award and things like that but they kind of invest their time in that individual like if you want to do an MBA study mental they kind of want you to pay it forward and pass it on to next generation so they're not just giving an award and saying wham bam thank you ma'am they're saying to you kind of like a note like you've been given this opportunity but please kind of pay it forward and that's the thing because it is about like the next person like even for next year I've, I've already got 10 people in my head that I want to nominate because I just think that they're incredible and I've watched them grow like in the last year or two years and I just think like I want them to shine and be showcased so all of these women have like amazing qualities and Rav she does like amazing women tech talks um, every single Monday without fail and um, that's to encourage and get probably about 20,000 to even 100,000 girls in tech and it's through like master classes and she brings women together so that they can like talk and look at how they can change their perceptions and help young kids in school and again that's amazing Sonia Bala does so much in terms of diversity and inclusion she's got this amazing um hustle show on the BBC and like even I remember when I was struggling at work in terms of DNI and having initiatives I remember reaching out to Sonia and Bev and Jenny, I don't know them as well. I remember like Bev has, has met up with me before, Sonny during even COVID, but during social distancing and stuff, let's be clear about that. We're not gonna do a kind of Boris or anything like that. But um, yeah, like she met up with me and she gave me sound advice and I took it away. And I kind of like have established my kind of thought process. It's like, you can't fight every battle you got to pick and choose your challenges. And sometimes it's about how you deliver something as well. So all of this is so important. Mm. Yeah, completely. And I think what you've just proven there is the, the, the value and the importance of surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded, who mm. share the same values and who are following kind of the same path as you in terms of, bringing other people up and, and creating opportunities for each other 
because yeah, it's, it's helped you, but it's also helping you to do the same for others as well. Yeah, no, 100%. Because like, I know that me saying the names of the I've got, but the, the fact is as well, like a lot of them, they don't get recognition too much for what they do. Like, yes, they get nominated for the odd awards in here, but like no one sees all the work they put behind in the background. And I've seen it firsthand and it's immense. Like some of them work late in the night and people don't see all of this. And every single day, I've never not once seen like Vanessa or Rav champion someone or say like look at what this woman's doing and even today itself like as testament to what they do today Vanessa's released a trailblazers list of 50 top trailblazers and some she's even actually one of them in there is actually Bev Shah as well and I remember when that list came out this morning I literally was just so happy about the names listed on there and it, it's not just even women there's like male allies such as Richard Packard and he's like amazing he champions women in every form of industry because yeah. he's got a daughter himself that's just finished uni so he um, he understands like okay what women have to go through things like that as a father and that was testament to him it, the likes of people like Rush Shaw from Tech London Advocates and even one person I will mention is uh, Flavia Falange because she does um, Tech London Advocates um, black women in tech and recently um, early in the year she did this massive initiative about putting about 100 women and uh, black women sorry in tech in a book called the voices in the shadows and that highlighted women across different industries and that book will go to schools to show the young girls that like, this is what you could be in the future and even it's got a young um, girl that I met from the actual book launch in there who's about 18, 19 now. And she's just starting out. And I remember talking to her and I was like, this girl's going to be a future leader. She's just got her head screwed on. She's got an amazing character. She's so humble and genuine. And this is why, like, I kind of would sing the up. Uh, to the rooftops the praises of all these amazing people because they constantly keep like you know what showcasing what people are doing the sue blacks of this world jacqueline um from tech uk they, there's so many i could go and charlene hunter from coding black females but they're like literally they've gone through stuff like back in the days where they've had to work hard to get to where they are today but still they never stop for a moment and just like be like okay I need to rest they're always kind of like okay what's the next initiative who else can I showcase who else can I promote or help out in the industry and it's kind of like it's relentless but they're doing it for a good cause mm. yeah yeah completely completely and that's why it, 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 it's great to have people like yourselves on here to talk about, because for, for me, this podcast is all about showing others what is possible and enabling people to see the opportunities that can be created and hearing real stories of how people have gotten there, the challenges, the different career paths they may have taken to get them where they are um, so that we can then take that away and realize the, the kind of roles that are out there, the opportunities, how we can create those possibilities for ourselves. And it, yeah. that, that's an important part of, of the purpose of this as a podcast. So, so tell me a little bit. I know when we spoke previously um, and you're very passionate about your career. So when it comes to if someone's thinking about a job versus a career um, for you, I know it's never about just being a job. So, so tell yeah. me, what is it about? Um, I think in terms of a job versus career, like I want to be like in any role that I do, I want to, when I get out of bed, 
I want to kind of be like so excited to go into work because I'm just like, oh, this is what I'm going to do today or this is how I can change something. For me, that gives me that motivation to get me out of bed. In terms of career, especially in technology, you can go into different areas of technology. Like um, I'm currently more in a support role and I'm looking more to doing something like service design or more kind of a project management type of role, just because I'm quite process driven. But my other interests, like I love stuff to do with AI. I love stuff to do with even cybersecurity because that's also cybersecurity thinking about now. That's also another link towards like the army because then I've been defense and um, intelligence and things like that and so um that's where that drive is that way but yeah in technology you could get it's so diverse and even like let's say for instance I used to be quite creative where I used to draw like cartoons I remember in my design and technology classes I used to like drawing like Hello Kitty and the Simpsons and then uh, one day I drew like a dolphin underwater with starfishes and things like that but it's kind of I stopped doing that many years ago so I don't even know what I could draw now but um yeah it's kind of like it's so diverse and in terms of job for me um it's not about title I want to come into work and make a difference and make that change um and even there's been times in the last few years where I could have actually gone into a more managerial role if I wanted but I've always kind of stopped and said no and it's not because I don't want to manage others I rather kind of in a specific role or more of a lead role or help with a project but then as I'm doing it I want to like coach and mentor people and because I feel find that's more fulfilling because don't get me wrong like managers oh my god like every manager that I've had like I'm in awe of you because that is hard to manage a team because of the in so many individuals and things like that. And even sometimes some people say to me, like the way you work and stuff like that, you're good in a team, but like, have you ever thought about being self-employed? And I'm like, yes, no, because I still like the corporate environment. I think maybe in, I don't know, five, maybe 10 years, I might think about being self-employed or um, freelancing. But for the moment, I'm happy like where I'm going, where I see myself in a few years time. I've got that ambition to say like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, so I'll just keep doing that. And because I'm still doing a bit of studying, so I'm learning more about cloud computing and also kind of project management type to combine it to be more of a technical project manager. So I kind of feel like I know where my passion lies, but I'm never going to stop doing stuff outside of my role, like whether it's getting involved in DNI initiatives or the charity bit, because I feel like if you take that out, there's not much left of me because they all integrate and form me as a person. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. I mean, the amount of things that you do do, and I'm sure we'll come on to even more as we continue to chat. But I think just to draw out there from what you said, um, a couple of points I like around the diversity of roles in tech. Because I think, again, people don't always know. It's like when I graduated and I went into finance and accountancy, it was only as I moved into bigger companies that I could see the diverse range of simple finance roles. And you don't know about that when you're studying, you know, you're going through yeah. universities, you go in and there's all kinds of things you could do. It is so diverse and it's the same with, with tech. So I love the fact that you, you just talked about that, but also the fact that um, you said, it's not about the title, it's about making a difference. And again, I think that is so, so important because 
making that difference is the thing that becomes fulfilling. It's what then drives you to get out of bed in the morning, as you say, to motivate you to do what you do rather than the job title. And so it's really understanding for yourself what it is that you want to do that can make that difference. It can create that impact. Yeah. And, and, and moving, you know, there is nothing wrong with moving sideways. I, I did have a conversation recently with someone who believed that they should, every time they move job, they should be moving up a level. And I had to explain that actually, it's not just about moving yeah. up every time. You can get so much experience in, in terms of the breadth of experience by moving sideways. And having that exposure, it's not just about, you know, moving up and getting a promotion every single time. It's about yeah. your learning and your experience and, and what you bring as well. So again, that's such important yeah. points. Even, um, can I just interject there? Even, sure. um, the other thing is this money as well. Like sometimes when um, I've heard or seen some grads or interns that literally when they see certain roles, they're motivated too much by money or the name of the company they're going to. But it shouldn't always be about that as well because money does in, at times bring you happiness. But as long as you're comfortable, you kind of like should go for a job when you think like it will challenge you or build up your skills because like getting more of, of like a higher salary that will come in time but I still think that having the chance to work like in an organization where you can get like a, someone to even shadow and work with that will kind of help you build your skills that is even more valuable and people sometimes they oversee certain things like when it comes to like a job role etc because even um there's um a younger that I talked to on um, LinkedIn that recently got into cybersecurity, and I'm, I'm sure she won't mind me saying this. And literally, she's like upskilled in like I don't know less than a year or so, but she's done it because she's focused on what she wants to achieve. And even in that role, she's found a manager that's so supportive, and it's helping build her skills. And see, that's kind of what you want to do because if you want to get further in your career in life, it's about gently also your skill sets not how much you're earning and people oversee that because like you could earn like about a million pounds a year but is that going to make you happy if you don't like the job you're doing so it's kind of like thinking about the other elements of the role completely complete and, and again a really valid point there you know it's great to have the money and to be able to then go enjoy the holidays and, and, and the house the car and all the rest of it but actually we're spending what 35, 40, 50, 60 hours a week sometimes working. You want to be in an environment that's healthy, where you know you've got some friends, you get on with the people around you, you've got people who are supportive, your managers, maybe mentors, coaches. It can make a huge difference. And I think the thing that people forget sometimes as well is that they kind of um compartmentalize things and then think, well, okay, I hate my job, but that's just Monday to Friday, nine to five or whatever. And that's okay. And I'll enjoy everything else. But the truth of it is everything is intertwined. It's all integrated. And if, yeah. if we're not having a good time at work, if we're not enjoying what we do, we're not motivated, we're not in a healthy environment, that will directly impact on everything else around you, even if you don't realize it. So sometimes, you know, your health is an obvious one, like mental health, physical health, it'll start to manifest in some way. And I think it's important to recognize, as you're saying, what is important. It's not just about the money, it's about the environment, the people you're working with, the challenges, you know, your growth, all of those factors 
um, are as or much more important than the job title and than the money. 100%, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so then tell me, like, have you experienced some challenges in, in, in your career so far? And if you have, you know, have you overcome them? Yeah, um, I would say imposter syndrome, 100%. I know that I've had conversations with other women in industry and even there was this brilliant article where it was saying you need to stop telling women that they have imposter syndrome. I always feel in my mind that I could do better, I could be better. And so, like, I sometimes, like, I, I, I won't say downbeat, but sometimes I think I, I put a lot of pressure on myself because or when things don't go as well as I would expect it to, I sometimes tend to like, yeah, I'm really quite self-critical and um, I don't know where it comes from. Like, and even sometimes people are like, yeah, but you get a lot of praise for stuff you do, but I was like, it, it doesn't matter if I still feel like in myself, it could be better, I could have done better. I was still kicking myself about it. Yeah, and I think, you know, everyone's guilty of that in some in some way of beating ourselves up. But it's also for me, it, it, you know, and I always say this to my, my clients as well. It, it's about the learning from it. Yeah. If you know you could have done better, it's okay. what can I do better tomorrow or the next yeah. time I have to do a, a presentation or a project or whatever it is? Um, so it's the learning you take away from it rather than yeah. beating ourselves up because we are our hardest critics. Yeah, definitely. You know, <laughs> definitely, yeah. It's always, always the way. So, yeah, good, good point. And what else? Is there any other challenges? You um, I would say definitely being um, a woman in tech. And I know some people might be like, oh, but a lot of women in tech say that, oh, it's a male-dominated industry. Hold on a second. First and foremost, let, let me make this clear to you. If you join a company and you're the only female in the room and the room's full of another 11 men, how do you think that makes you feel? It's really tough because you think like, will I actually make it a year? Would I be given a chance to speak in meetings, etc.? And it's so tough because... Um, it doesn't matter how much sometimes people say to me, oh, but you've got a lot of influence here and there, do I? I, I don't see it as influencing. I just feel like if I've got a valid point to make, I will make it, but I still will sit back, listen to other people's opinions in the room. And sometimes like, I believe you have to plant the seed as well when you're in a group or team. And like you want, you plant the seed and think like, you just want to make sure that everyone kind of thinks what I'm trying to say is more kind of like everyone kind of brings their opinion to the table but you also got to make sure that it's looked at at both sides of the coin and don't be quite kind of headstrong in terms of like my way is right and that's it because like I've worked with some people like that and I just don't like it because they're not giving everyone a fair chance mm -hmm. or not like developing an understanding for someone's faults but um, I think yeah the one of the challenges has always been like in most jobs when I started like there's barely been any women like in the team or even like going into a role um, there's not been any senior women like that of colour in certain roles and so it's kind of like well how will I get a chance like what can I aspire to and that for me sometimes I feel like it's quite hard and that's what I think um, we need to see more of going forward because it's just kind of like it's not fair because from when I've like seen people highlighted on LinkedIn things like that there's so many incredible women out there doing amazing things and I don't get how like 
they've never been highlighted or showcased before. Now, honestly, I, I just generally, for me, it mind boggles me because I'm just kind of like, wow, like that person, like they've literally blown my mind with like how fantastic they are. And I've never stopped telling them that because it's the truth. The proof is in the pudding. It's like what they've done at work, et cetera. And even like from um, like the Tech Women Awards, when I've listened to people's stories, so I remember the other day I was sitting there and I was just like, this lady, she's just incredible. Like, I wish I had like someone like her when I was growing up because that's kind of who I would have loved to aspire to. Like, I still want to aspire to be her now, even in my adult age. But I just think like, and that is how it goes back to also giving people opportunities and yeah. letting their voice be heard. Because if you never listen to that person's opinion or give them that opportunity, how would they have the chance to kind of showcase their talents and grow? Yeah. Completely, completely. And I'm guessing that's where your passion for mentoring the next generation comes from. Yeah, no, no definitely. Imagine. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and how do you find that? Is that something that, I mean, first of all, do you have the time for that? How do you create the time to do that? Yeah, no, um, I definitely do, because even um, some of it has been kind of informally, like um, with even some of the grads and interns, like through work, like I've always said to them, because I do quite a lot of the onboarding I've always said to them if they got anything they need to raise or talk about or if there's certain things we're doing within the company they want to get involved in I've always said to them like my door's always open like even if it says do not disturb busy just drop me a note when I get around to it I'll have a look or I'll write and I'll respond and go like um I can't have a look now but I will look at it and get back to you and I try to whenever anyone sends me a message I try to like get back to them the same day if I can or like by the next day, because I just feel like it's a bit harsh when someone sends you a message and you don't respond for a period of time because like we know that everyone glances at their emails, right? Mm. But it's, it's just trying to be courteous about it. But um, yeah, I, I I don't mind it. Like if like there's certain times of the year where it's really busy, like I've had quite a lot of exams and things like that. So like if I can't do it at the time, I'm rather quite honest and I'm like I can't do it now, but we will pick this up. Or I say to them, like, drop me an email of, like, any challenges you're facing or what you need help with. And then I will look at it in my spare time. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't know about me. When I finish work, whether it's 6, 7, 8 p.m., I go home and, like, I study maybe sometimes or try to do a bit of learning for, like, one or two hours. And then I then go through my own personal stuff or, like, and things like that. And even throughout the day, someone drops a message like on LinkedIn needing help with stuff and things like that I try my best to accommodate and if I can't do it straight away if it's something I feel like yeah this is not going to be a quick half an hour it'll be an hour two hours I'm just like yeah can kind of like negotiate a time to fit this in because that's the best way so that we don't waste each other's time um but yeah I try my best to kind of um fit it in when I can because even there was um, a young lady that I spoke to recently about like she's currently on a gap year and I was just talking to her about her options and then there's been a few kind of that have reached out to me because I'm part of a, a bit of a learning group on LinkedIn so like there's been a few that have reached out to me on a couple of topics and um, so um, any resources that I find that are useful to them or if there's certain jobs or apprenticeships that come up I kind of like send it to them in a private message because sometimes um if you tag someone in certain things on LinkedIn and they're currently interviewing someone else, it doesn't like kind of look good for them. So I try to be a bit subtle about it or try to engage first and foremost what they're looking for because it's all well and good to me kind of like 
sending you roles, things like that. But in your head, you've got to work out what do I want to do or what is the ideal role for me as like a starting point, because I could keep sending roles galore. But if they're not the right fit for you, and when I say right fit, it's not just by the skill set. It's like, would that role fit your personality too? because that comes into it. So there's so many intricacies when you're thinking about a role. It's like, okay, would this role fit my personality, who I am as a person? Does this fit my skill set? And one thing as well, people need to remember that you don't need to have 100% of the skill set, even 60 to 70%, that's great because that you leave the rest to grow into that role when you get into that role. Yeah, that last point, you know, something I talk about a lot, um, and, and this isn't just people who are um, looking for jobs. It's also recruiters, because oftentimes mm -hmm. recruiters say, well, you need to have all of this. Otherwise, we can't consider you haven't got the experience. And I think where's the growth in that? The growth opportunity yeah. is you have whether it's 40, 50, 60 percent of the experience, the skill set. And actually, yeah. the rest of it is where you get to learn and grow. Yeah. And, and coming back to your point, it's about understanding your personality your yeah. your um, areas of expertise what you're more drawn to, what you enjoy working in to help you define the right fit. So some yeah. great points, some really great points shared there. There um, is one, oh, sorry. There is one other thing I'd say as well. One mm -hmm. thing um, is also tell the truth. I would say never ever in, in, in even before you get to an interview on your CV, state something that even if you just passed exams and that kind of thing, cause you're still learning that subject, never like, Put too much emphasis on it in your CV. Yes, you could put it there, but maybe put in brackets like in progress or still learning or something like that, or to be confirmed or working towards practitioner level. Because the fact is, if you say that, oh, I'm qualified or certified in this, they ask you the question in your CV and like in the interview, so from your CV, and you can't answer it, you've already shown them that level of dishonesty because you're Absolutely, saying that you yeah. know a subject and you don't. And that's the thing. If you come, if you go into an interview scenario and you're honest and genuine, like they pick up, you know what, even if this person doesn't have all the skill sets, we could work with this person, they will fit well into our team and, and they will look at you and think like, you know what, we can make this person become amazing, they will really grow in this organisation and that's kind of what you want to do, like when you're applying for jobs, because you got to see yourself as a caterpillar that grows into a butterfly. Yeah very nicely said and again you know there's so much to that I think um yeah a lot of people in my experience will focus on as we go back to earlier you know having the, the, the right salary the job title and it, it's getting really clear on all of these things you've just mentioned and understanding yourself as well as understanding the people that you're talking to the company the culture and and, and the bigger picture to understanding like the right the the right choices to make um so 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 important um and i think just coming from all that all that you're sharing today is, is invaluable for anyone who is looking at careers in tech who is even you know already spent a number of years and looking to move to the next level to take on board a lot of what you're sharing here because it's something you don't often hear said out loud it's things we we kind of you may know it, but you don't do it because you don't hear people talking yeah. about it. I think that's the difference. So thank you for being so open. Uh, and I'd like, because I, I know um, you have a lot of extracurricular activities, some of which you've, you've talked about. So just touch on some of those and tell me why, 
why you do what you do? Um, I would say it does go back um, to being a teenager. So um, unfortunately, my grandparents, um, especially on my mum's side, because um, I, I never met my dad's um, parents because they um, died when I was a baby. So on my mum's side, like I absolutely adored my grandparents. I remember going to Ghana to visit them. I remember one year was even given like six kittens and was like, what are we going to do? Because we barely live over here because it was coming back and forth. And yeah, it was just like, um, I, I think that as a child, even to teenage years, like, um, and when I saw my grandparents, it's kind of like they instilled with me to just be, try and be the best person you can be. And what I mean by that is like, just have good morals, like be humble and stuff for that. Because like back in their days, they like didn't have everything. They did the best, they worked long hours, things like that. And for me, um, yeah, when they passed away, it, it I think it's going to be, it was one of the hardest things I've ever experienced in my life because I remember um, when I found out, and the the saddest thing about it, when um, it like, let's say for instance one passed away before the other, and they passed away in the same year within two weeks. So the thing is, when we lost my grandfather first, that that was already was soul destroying. And then when my grandmother passed away, but then the good thing that we got out of it is because they loved each other so much, that was always going to happen. And even my mum explained it to me like that because they was always around each other. So it's kind of like when one was going to pass away, the other one would follow quite shortly after. Just And it was kind of like a nice little romance story, I would say. Um, like a, Not as much as Romeo and Juliet, I would say, but it was kind of around that. But um, yeah, so um, it was just from then. And then, um, yeah, I was like 15, I think, when I did a walk for Save the Children. So I saw some fly or something, signed up for it, and I did it that like that way. And then after that, I was just gradually, as I was getting older, getting involved in initiatives. And then I remember doing different race for life around um, London. Um, and at one stage, I started doing, trying to do like every part of London for race for life. And then I was just like, I want to volunteer and see the other side of it. But I think again, that was quite difficult because. Um, when you kind of volunteer, do the like um, finish line area, so many people, because they're doing it for family members, et cetera, they get so upset and it, it's hard to watch because you're there as a volunteer. So you've got to be professional and do your job, but you just want to hug everyone because you see some people like break down in tears and stuff like that. And you just see how much it means to them and what, why they're like, yeah, why they're doing it. And so, to be honest, I do what I do because I just love it. And the people you meet along the way, like I've made two really good friends um, or even more than that, four or five even from volunteering because we did like the Netball World Cup together. We've done some British athletics together. And so like whenever we meet each other, even though we don't sometimes see each other for months on end, it's like you're meeting family and friends again because we've, um, yeah, we've built up such a bond and even the events management team that are colossal in the background, they make it such a wonderful experience. And even when you don't sometimes see them or, um, and you speak to them here and there, you know who each other are and um, yeah, you just get some joy out of it. And like, it always goes back to again, giving back. And the fact is also from doing volunteering and charity work, you do learn skills as well, because you got to do communication collaboration team working you got to think on the spot because also um sometimes when you're doing volunteering situations happen like um uh, there's been situations even 
when I was doing um, some of the vaccination rollout um, where there's been people faint and I need to like get into gear in terms of what to do from a first aid perspective. So there's so many elements where I've actually actually dealt with some kind of emergency scenarios, but I've always got to be on point and kind of focus and concentrate when I get into those situations. But um, I just feel like um, I enjoy it because yeah, it's just being part of that community and just like, and when you go home at the other day, you just kind of feel like, uh, yeah, it's been a good day. Yeah. It's, it's incredible to hear the amount that you do you know, you have a demanding job, a career, and, and yet you manage to fit so much in, as well as being able to support many other people, giving back, you know, bringing on or raising others up with you. Tell me, how do you fit everything in? So I, I do tend to go to bed about, I would say, midnight, sometimes one, sometimes one thirty, and I am up kind of around six in the morning. And that's because like, I don't know, I'm a bit of a night owl. So I get a lot of ideas and stuff at night and I tend to jot them down because I'm like, it's too late to start working on this. But yeah, I try to, I, I would say like, everyone's got the same amount of hours in a day. It's kind of like, it's up to you what you do with those like hours. So like, um, even if I get a bit of downtime at work and I can fit in half an hour in the day to read or learn something new, great. And then like, once I finish for the day, I would either focus on something DNI or even something mentoring maybe related or yeah, I'll just read something new about technology. Cause like, yeah, I, I enjoy like, especially AI and uh, the cybersecurity elements. You know, you, you've been deservedly, very deservedly recognized for, for all that you do with a wealth of, of accolades. So what does this mean to you? When I first, some of them, when they was announced, like, I was kind of shocked. And at first I was just like, are they sure it's really me? Um, and even like there's um, yeah one or two people that I won't say their names, but they was just like you genuinely deserve it. And I was like, I was just like, I don't think I do because I, I was just like if I like compare and see what some of the others have done, like there's no way shape or form I even amount to what they've done. And some people just like just you're being silly. And even my coach said it to me today. And it's like it's not that. It's just because like that some of them have built incredible initiatives that have like changed things and stuff like that and made things better in terms of processes yes I do a lot of stuff for schools and charity and stuff like that but that's always been ingrained in me so I just feel like I'm doing my day-to-day -day thing for me it's just like a daily task a daily job so I don't actually see it like that but I generally like um yeah, one one of them, when I, I did get it, I did generally get upset because it's kind of like I wish my grandparents could see it. For me, that's, yeah, um, that was like the bittersweet moment um, that, yeah, they couldn't see kind of like what they taught me and instilled in me. And like, um, yeah, it would be great to kind of like show them and things like that. The fact is like it's always great to be recognised, but it's just what you do with it. That's what I believe is important because like, for a few of them just um by getting recognized i just hope that it would still help me give back and help me pave the way like kind of dedicated one of the awards to um, a family friend stroke cousin so um it was someone that i grew up with but haven't seen for a while and um, unfortunately during um covid so early like this year um, from christmas time she passed away and like um in a way like i kind of dedicated to her and also my grandparents because the fact is like she was only kind of like in her late 30s 
and she had so much to do and she was going to set the world alight and um yeah I'm, I'm just gutted and for me um if I can do anything going forward like to carry on the work that she would have done or um anything that she wanted to achieve then that's what I'm going to do from this because she yeah she's she went too soon and um the other thing I'll mention as well, um, I had uh, a volunteer friend, uh, haven't seen her for a while because of COVID and things like that. And unfortunately, like um, she got COVID at the same time as me as and during Christmas as well. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> and um, yeah, unfortunately, she passed away from COVID. Um, and so, yeah, the, this year was um, there, <laughs> there was highs, but I can't. I, I don't want to celebrate and jump around all the time because I also still think about people that lost their lives this year and not even just from my perspective from other people so I just want to highlight that um that even though we can have highs and stuff like that I just want everyone to remember and even at the end of the year one thing I want a lot of people to do is like if you get time like just going to your nearest church temple wherever and either release a balloon light a candle or even post like um, a candle sign on Facebook Instagram whatever just to remember all the people that have lost their lives to COVID and also some of them other illnesses that contributed a bit from COVID because like we lost so many brilliant people in the last year and a half that potentially might have not passed away yet but because we're in a global pandemic things have happened this way and um, I always believe that so many of these people and people that have passed in previous years etc they've always paved the way for us to succeed and be the best version of ourselves so so first of all I'm so sorry for your losses because that is tough and there's a lot of people this year as you say who have been through a lot of a challenge and lost people close to them is very very hard um and it's beautiful that you want to you know continue to to carry on the work of, of your your cousin and, and and you know fulfill some of her dreams and ambitions as well i think the world has changed for a lot of people um things have shifted in terms of what is and what isn't important um when we start to realize we can't see family when we want to when you know we're losing people and it, it just shifts in in priorities i think and yeah um and you know you, we we're talking about accolades there and it's it's important to get that balance as you say it, it they're the times to celebrate and to jump around and and you know enjoy what you've accomplished what you've achieved but also then what can i do with it as you said what does yeah. it do with that how do you use that to, to leverage your platform to help others, to inspire others and to support and, and mentor other people? And you, my dear, are doing a phenomenal, phenomenal <laughs> job of doing that at such a young age and of having accomplished so much, um, experienced so much and wanting to just share that with others and, and support others it, it's a, a beautiful story so thank you so so much Akua for joining me today and being so open and sharing your story no thank you um no I really appreciate being asked to do this because um I'm like I'm quite an introvert however this may come across and um yeah like um yeah it's it's been a tough year but I'm glad like you know what it's time to like kind of pause and reflect and um I'm just 
yeah, I'm looking forward to next year because I think next year it brings like new new opportunities, new experiences. So it's onto that. And um, I will kind of like reveal like um, just a couple of uh, weeks ago, I've, I've looked to join um, an advisory board. So I'm joining this kind of charity advisory board um, called Neurodiversity in Business. So we've had to postpone certain things just because of um, the recent kind of COVID rates and things, but we're gonna shift it later to about March time. So we'll be working with a lot of organizations and maybe schools and universities to kind of make it a better environment for everyone. So in terms of things like training, assessment, recruitment, how we use inclusive language and things like that. And then um, in terms of next steps, like I am gonna be, um, like an official mentor because I've applied to mentor with Girls Network as well rather than just doing formally quite a bit um so I'm going to kind of work with like Girls Network hopefully and then like Urban Synergy, STEMETS and then um after that I think I'm definitely looking to become a trustee I'm still trying to decide what charity but that's the next step for me because I'm going to do a program first and then um hopefully take up a, a trustee position um and that combined my interests, hopefully. So, yeah. You're incredible, honestly. I don't know when you find the time to sleep with all that you do. At work, no, i <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my boss should never see this, yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, you, you're doing so much for, for people around you, for, you know, bringing other girls, women up, and, and for diversity and inclusion, for neurodiversity, you, you name it, you're doing it. Um, yeah keep doing what you're doing is what I say I thank you appreciate it you are most welcome thank you for listening please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so and if you enjoyed and gained value from today's episode then do please leave a review telling us your key learnings and what you enjoyed the most And do please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can spread the word on life leadership, creating a life of choice, freedom and new possibilities. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And if you would like to learn more about how we can work together, either DM me on LinkedIn or email me. All details and resources can be found in the show notes.